You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you in church. And uh, I had the privilege of sharing the word with you today, and I count that an honor and I, a responsibility. But I believe that God has spoken to me about what I want to share. And uh, it's amazing how when that... Um, Last Sunday, we had a personal communion time together. That was my first time doing that. And I I guarantee there was not one person who left this building without feeling encouraged, feeling blessed, and uh, strengthened. If you weren't here last Sunday, I want to encourage you to get ready for when the next one's on. Don't miss that. And uh, just like done this next Sunday when Pastor Ted is going to share the, uh, the uh, vision, mission of the church, I, I really believe that um, uh, we're going to hear how God wants to use you and I throughout 2019. Well, the first month of 2019 is nearly over. I cannot believe it. It's almost like I blinked and it was Christmas last year. But the first month is nearly gone. and. And I just wondered whether, uh, I had this question that I wanted to ask you. How was the last four weeks? Was it, uh, if, I, if I was to ask around the room, would you say, could I start again, please? I didn't start so well. Or or you bring too much of the negative from last year into this year? or Or, or was it? that you really felt something precious, something new start in your life. I felt that something new and precious started in my life because I, I, I came into that believing that God wants to use me uh, in this year. So, But if it didn't start so well for you, and my question would be then, what are you going to change for the next month and the next month and the next month so that 2019, at the end, you'll look back and say, what great things God has done in you and through you. Because he has a plan. You know that? Jeremiah tells us he has a plan for each and every one of us. But I believe this, that we have a responsibility to respond to the things that God has. So I've given, I'll put down four, three or four scriptures about some of the things we can do this year to make it absolutely dazzling year for you and for me and for the work of God that we're doing here. Then the scripture, the first scripture is out of Philippians chapter 4 and uh, verses 4 to 9. It's a passage of scripture that I've read many times and if you're a Bible reader, Bible scholar, you would have read it yourself. And it's Paul speaking and he's telling the Philippian church He says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Because you see, you and I control our thoughts. We can't control what comes in, but we can control what we dwell on. And, and my, my, my encouragement to you is when the Apostle Paul says, rejoice. Rejoice speaks of celebration. And I actually entitled my talk today about celebrating the good things that God is going to give to us throughout 2019. And so here we're having a celebration with a, a barbecue for Australia Day. We're celebrating different things that God is doing. But you see, when I read the word when I uh, read in my Bible the word rejoice, I felt quickened that there are people here today who have already lost your joy. You have already thought, "Oh no," and you start to get anxious. And the other word is anxious, anxiousness. You know, Christians we don't say, oh, "I'm concerned," "I'm worried," or anything else, because worry is a sin. But we say, "I'm concerned about certain things." But I want to tell you that God is wanting you and I to walk with the joy of God. And, uh, and, when, and the enemy is always there to steal your joy because if he can steal your joy, he'll steal your strength. And so I'm asking you to, if, if that's you today, at the end I think we'll get a chance to, to perhaps pray for people. But I want to say that as, as you have a desire in your heart to get rid of all those things that would make things difficult for you today, Make it a prayer. Because God wants to change you. He, when he gives us words, whether it's uh, uh, Pastor Ted or any speaker here in this church, we believe that God wants you to go from here to there and always in an upward way. And there's others, there's an enemy who wants to always steal and pull you down. But I want to tell you that it happens day by day. Thoughts come by uh, moment by moment. And God wants you and I to, to grab that thought and make it captive. Verse 9 says, Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the peace of God will be with you. I want to encourage you to put into practice what you see, what you hear from the leadership of this church. We, we just so appreciate, we've been here two years now almost, and we feel that God has given us a real love and a, a desire to, to add to what all God has already done here. And we're believing that God is going to add to the church. He's going to add to us. He's going to bring people from the north and south and the east and west, and this year will be a year of incredible increase. And at the end of this year, you will look back with delight and say, what great things God has done. This research shows that people gather to light, people gather to beauty, people gather to sweet fragrance, they gather to excitement, people gather to success, they gather to celebration, people gather to where they are loved. They gather where they are respected. People gather to where they are welcomed. And, and this church does welcoming so well. 
and some of the other things too. But I want to tell you, people gather to laughter, to vision. People gather to bold leadership. People gather to energy. People gather to high skill, to courage, to the new, to the clever, to the exciting, to the different. People gather to well done. People gather to gifts and to generosity, as we've seen here. People gather to mercy. People, when, when people, but you see, people are scattered from rudeness. People are scattered from coldness. You know, and they, they, don't, they don't want to hang around people who are cold and who are, who are always trying to correct them or adjust them. People are scattered from darkness. People scatter from boredom. They scatter from chaos. They scatter from failure. They scatter from depression and from judgment. So my challenge to you, all of us, let's be people who gather. Let's be, let's be people who gather. If you didn't catch all those different things that gather people, Get the table, whatever, the CD, and, and listen to it again. Because what we want to do is we want to be people who are attractive. So when people come, say, I want to be part of that. We, we, uh, we have known your pastor for many years, and we've, we've recognized the call of God on his life. We know the incredible work that God has done and is doing through him, not just here, but in other places. And, and I want to say that that drew us. And when people, when, when people, what you do individually, it's not just individual pastors or leaders, but you, every single one of us can be smiling, can be uh, people of vision, can be people who are attracted to others and they want to hang around you. And if you do that, what I said earlier, that you won't be able to, you'll have to come earlier to get a good seat. And so my encouragement to you is to, let's, let's believe, let's do that together. It was Martin Luther King Jr. who said, I have a dream for my four children, that one day they will live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Friends, character is more and more important as we go through the decades of life. You see, what we could get away with 20, 30, 40 years ago, you cannot get away with today. And so change has to happen. And change, people don't like change because, because oh, change, they, they get frightened they, because it's the unknown. It's the, will, 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 will I be able to stand? Will I be able to do the things I need to do? And, and tell you, change, the only thing that does not change is God, yet he changes things. He loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay the way you are. He wants to enlarge your circle. He wants to enlarge your capacity. And as I go into this year, it's good to echo those words that uh, one of my friends in ministry echoed recently. And I often use this myself. And he says, I cannot give what I do not have. I cannot lead people to a well I've not drunk from. And I cannot be, I'm called to be poured out, not to burn out. 
And I've always said that while I have breath, I will bless God. I will praise the Lord. And so if we have that kind of attitude in 2019, you'll look back and say, what a great year. I didn't want to come and bring you a great uh, a theological study, but I wanted to inspire you because next Sunday is Vision Sunday and we want to be on the starting block. And when, when pastor says, go, we say, yeah, you go, I'll stay. But the fact is we want to see what God will do in us collectively. And not this be another year like the last past years, but this will be a year when you look back and say, how great is my God. Any of you watched the tennis recently? Any, any tennis fans here? Not many? Good night. What do you do? I mean, te- tennis. Tonight is the grand final. Do you know who's playing in the tennis? Anyway, tonight is the grand final. But have you noticed that how the young guns, the, the young 19, 20-year-old tennis players have given the, the pros a real tough time? And I believe this is a similar thing for the church of Jesus Christ that you know, us old fellows, we're coming off the stage, but you young guns, you're getting up and standing up, and you need to stand up and take us further than we can ever go. I am so encouraged by the young people of this church. It almost makes me feel there is a future for the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord and the church. The church is not in peril, but there is this sense of God is going to take us well, well beyond the years we have left here, us oldies. So I want to say to you that this generation of new players have stamped their uh, mark on the tennis world. And I believe as the church rises up and as you hear the vision next Sunday, you'll say, yes, let's go. Let's do it because it's going to be fresh. It's going to be new. It's going to be changing. It'll be challenging. It'll cause you stress perhaps. But fact is that God is with you. And when he is with you, you'll know what that means. Last year, last November, I was invited by the Hungarian uh, prophetic and apostolic leadership team to go to Dallas, Texas. And I went there for a 10-day conference where the, the apostolic prophetic uh, convention was on. There was about 400 close group meeting happened in, from 65 different nations. And I felt like a fish out of water. And... Uh, I didn't think I was even there, but I was there to, to help the Hungarian team. I wasn't there as an Aussie, yet I met a couple of Aussie prophets and apostolic leaders there. But I was so impressed with some young people. There was one 13-year-old boy from, I'm not even sure, he may have been from the Philippines, actually. Uh, this 13-year-old boy, he came up and, because uh, Cindy Jacobs asked, would you, we're going we to pray for the generations to work together. And so she called this young fellow up, a 13-year-old boy, and he said, would you please pray so that, that, the, that the, the seniors, the older people, can actually work together with the young people. Man, he prayed, and when he prayed, there was not a dry eye in the place. And I thought to myself, the church is going to survive all the hassles, all the problems, all the issues, because young people are rising up. And I want to challenge you guys today. Let's, get, let's give them room. Let's give them, and, and for us oldies, to help them. And, to, and, to, and, to, and if they say change, don't just say change. That's a swear word kind of deal. No, just 
let's let's allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us through all of that. And so that was an incredible time for me. And and so I I came away from that believing that because you know some of us oldies, there are a few oldies here I can see, but some of us oldies still have a part to play. God has not finished with us either. It may be a transition of something. Transition is not a push aside thing and say, let's do something else and let's get somebody younger. But it's something that we need to do. They say, we transition in generationally and we also transition in our giftings and callings of God. And we should celebrate that. Celebrate what God has done in you and say, yes, there's still lots of good things happening yet. So the second thing we can do is out of two. Chronicles uh, chapter 20. Now, I, I mark this scripture and you might think, wow, I mean, you, I haven't spoken from 2 Chronicles 20 for a long, long time. But when you, when you read, when you read 2 Chronicles 20, and we were going to have the words up on the screen. Oh, yeah, we got verse 5 up there. But you see, verse 5 talks about how Jehoshaphat, uh, Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard. You see, the, there was a big army coming against Jehoshaphat and, and uh, he asked three questions from God. First, in verse Six, he says, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? There's Jehoshaphat, one of the great Christian leaders of the old, in the old era. And he says, God, aren't you the God who is in heaven? And he says, you rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands and no one can withstand you. Oh, our God, did you not? And this is the second question. Did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it for them forever to the descendants of Abraham? And the two questions that sort of align and say, well, because he was obviously afraid of this big army that he was facing and he was saying, well, God, are you not the, the God who, who created the heavens and the earth? Are you not the God who has a plan? And then it continues on. And then the third question is, in verse 12, oh, our God, will you not judge them, judge these uh, ungodly people who are going to come against Israel? And then he says, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And then he says this famous passage that everyone probably knows. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. friends." That is a word for some people here today. Because when I read that, I thought, there's going to be people here, and you don't know what to do. There's things that you're, that you're facing, and you say, well, what am I going to do? I, I don't know what to do. It's beyond me. And God is saying to you, God is saying to you, keep your eyes on me. Because you see, he'll find a way for you. And I don't know who that's applicable to, but I guarantee there's quite a number of people, you're facing things and you, and, and you might think, oh, I, I just got no idea what to do. And God says to you, 
keep your eyes on me. And then he says this. Uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord came upon uh, Jehazel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah. He's a prophet, and, uh, and he says this. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God. You see, if you love God, if you, have a de- if you already have made a decision to follow Christ, that means that any battles you face are not yours. They're not yours. I mean, we always tend to think, oh, it's our fight, but it's not your fight. There are certain things you and I need to do, but the battle belongs to? To? Belongs to God. And so, he says, it's not yours. You don't need to worry about it. So, when you're coming into 2019 and you're, you're struggling with certain things, you've, you've brought some relationships that weren't going so well and you're, you're trying to, to uh, find out what answers do I have for relationships that have been strained or relationships that have been severed, I believe God's going to 2019 with a year of restoration, a year where God will bring back together things that seemed impossible, but for God that's not impossible. Then you go down and say, and this prophet says in verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. You still have to take up your positions. He says, stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. I want to say to you that if you if you are about to embark on something and you're and you're starting to feel like that, stand firm in God. Stand firm on God. You see the the, the prophets when the prophets talk and they, the, the the prophecies line up with the word of God. That's tremendously powerful. And he says, "Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Because if, if the devil can't get you to sin, he'll get you discouraged, and then you'll give up anyway." And so don't allow that to happen. And then this is a word. Because I believe that every year has a follow-on to the next. 18, there are some things you need to take from 18 into this year. There are some things you need to take in. There are other things you need to leave behind. But you can't leave the whole year behind because what a waste of time that would be. Some things you work for and, and really strive for, you've got to take them with you into this year. And so whatever we do this year is a preparation for 2020. And so, and I don't know how this happened, but when you read 2 Corinthians 2020, it's got to be a prophetic word for next year. And it says this, Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekel. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord, your God, and you will be upheld. And then he says, have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. In other words, he says, listen to what the prophets say. Have, have faith in God, and, and have faith in the word that the prophetic word it comes to you and I today. I believe this, that 2020, if we do it right this year, 2020 will be an absolutely dynamite. For each and every one of us. Amen? 
No, that was the that was the second one. Because when we get this, when we get this thing right, I got I have this incredible expectation and this incredible uh, sense that God is going to uh, prepare each and every one of us with those things that gather people, the things that make you attractive, and the clothes don't make a man, let me tell you, it's what's in the heart. In fact, the Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so when you, when you look at somebody or when you shake somebody's hand, you know they're, they're going somewhere. There's passion, there's zeal, there is excitement, there's anticipation. You shake hands with Wilson and, and you know he's got a vision. You know there's something burning in him. As soon as he opens his mouth, it's, it's just, he can't contain it. It's like that. And I want to tell you, there are men and women like that here that we need to release into the work of God so that this nation will change. And the third thing we can do is in the New Testament. Again, it's in Hebrews chapter 10. That is probably one of my favorite chapters in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. And it tells us the things what we can do so clearly, so clearly. From the very, from verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. In other words, if you have been already, if you've given your life to Christ, if you, if you call him his, your Lord and, and, and you know him personally, there are some tremendous, tremendous truths that come. And if you don't, maybe today could be the day you say, okay, I need to return back to God. He says, in verse 22, let us draw near to God. Now, I don't know how close you are to God today. I'm flat out remembering your name, let alone where you are in God. But I want to tell you that every one of us probably could be closer than where we are right now. And God is saying, draw near to God. And with that comes a promise. Because if you draw near to God, He says, I will draw near to you. And, and if you do that, that's going to happen. And he says, draw near to God with a sincere heart. Not just by, oh, tick me off God on the 27th hours in church. No. He wants you to draw near to him with a sincere heart. And he says, let us. If you do, listen to all the let us uh, phrases here in this particular portion of the scripture, he says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance of faith. He says, let us hold unswervingly. Do you know what unswervingly means? It means don't let go. Unswerving. Don't be, don't be uh, 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 swayed this way or swayed that way. Hold your course. Let us hold unswerving to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And then he says, let us consider how we might spur one another on. You know, I often talk about the church. This church, when we gather here together, this church is like the like the, the changing room of a football team. They've been out there playing hard, tough, come, come in battered and bruised. You come in here, you slap each other on the back, cheer them up with some songs, and you say, come on, let's go back out there and do it again. And that's what we need to do, spurring each other on for good works. Let us do that. 
And he says, let us not giving up meeting together. You know, every pastor's angst is one third of the congregation every Sunday is away. And just when you get the, one of the good words, and you get, you, 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 you've, you've prepared yourself, you're preaching your heart out, and the people that should be listening to it are not here. And, and of course, that's how the enemy gets to us pastors. As, oh, I, this word, I didn't have him in mind when I prepared it, but I'm so sad that he's not here today. He's not here today. And the fact is that you're here, you get to hear it, you get the benefit of it. And then he says, let us not give up. But he says, but let us encourage one another. And then he says this. Do, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. That So when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Can we all stand for a moment? Because I believe that some of these things I've said today, I've... I'm not a betting man, but I would bet London to a brick that there are some people who needed to hear this word today. There's some people here who, who thought, man, you read my mail. I mean, I think the worship leader read my mail because the, the songs we sang were basically in my notes and they had no idea what I was speaking about. But I want to say this, that today is your chance to respond. So while every head is bowed, I'm not going to call an altar call. I'm, I'll, we can pray at the end if you like. But right now, I just want you, as no one's looking around, everyone's got their eyes closed, heads down. But if you feel, say, Pastor, I, I really thank you. I've been inspired, encouraged, challenged, and I choose to respond. Just lift your hand and say, this is for me today. Just all around the room. Thank you. So many hands again. Because I, I believe that just an act, you can put it down. I mean, you put your hand up. It's just that I want to see it so that I can I can talk to God and say, well, God, I thank you for giving this word. Because you know when? You see, when you've raised your hand, you're saying, well, God, this word meant something to me and spoke to me. And now it is your response. You, you're, the, the, the ball is in your court as to what you're going to do with that. Don't just measure it out of one to ten, out of one out of ten, or whatever. But just simply say, "Well, God, I am going to act upon it." Get these three groups of scripture and study it, meditate upon it, and say, "God, I am ready to do Your will." So, Father, I pray for those hands that went up today. And if you want to talk to me about your own salvation, talk to me about the gifts or calling or whatever, at the end I'll be here. But just say. God, I am yours. I want to follow you. That this year, 2019, will be a year that I break through, that I set fresh goals. I reach new, new heights because you are with me and you've called me for such a time as this. I ask, Lord, you bless every single person here today. Cause them, Lord, to have a powerful testimony in these weeks and months ahead. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au and be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.